Welcome to Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a lot about life and a little about business. Your host, Ashley Ramsey, will be sitting down with guests from all different sectors of the real estate industry to tell you their real life stories. From hardships to triumphs and business to personal lives, we promise to bring you the tea. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spilling the Title Tea. Today's guest is Joshua Williams, who's a life insurance agent with Kentucky Farm Bureau here in Richmond, Kentucky. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you very much. So, Josh, a lot of people, they forget that insurance agents are an integral part of the real estate world. They might remember that they need insurance to cover their home once they buy it, but a lot of them forget that they need to protect that real estate investment with life insurance. And I know that you have seen this firsthand in your own family and what it can mean when that unexpected situation arises. Do you care to share a little bit of your story with the audience? Yeah. So something that is tragic and everything as it was has now allowed me the ability to kind of shed light in situations that are not really fun to talk about with people. And so what pretty much happened was, is one night we got done with my seven-year-old cousin's birthday party and my aunt was just recently new married. And later that night, he ended up murdering her and then committed suicide in the house. Wow. And so from that, there began to be tons of moving parts that people don't realize. And so whenever you go through something along those lines, you know, me and my dad were some of the first on the scene. And so after the police and everything had taken care of stuff where it was pretty much open and shut case, then it was all on to us. The cleaning up and not to really go into much detail and everything, but she was shot multiple times. You have to clean that up yourself? We were going to have to until one of the things that we were able to use for an insurance side was to actually get the house cleaned up, but that was paid out of life insurance. It's not even something that just regular things wow. are taken care of. People don't know that because I'm telling you, I had no idea that when you have a crime scene like that, that like the state or something doesn't no. take care of that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I personally had to clean up the truck that he committed suicide in. And so then like his family came back the next day. They stole the truck. They stole everything valuable in the house. So to throw all these variables in out there, it kind of breaks down into the sense of very quickly, we had to fight a lot of stuff in court. We had to fight court with them. We had to fight over who was actually going to get the life insurance. That's why you always want to be careful who your beneficiaries and everything are, because his family could have got part of that money, but he was pronounced dead before her. Mm. And so because of that and the way the paperwork and everything was wrote out, we were still able to obtain the life insurance. At that point in time, two of the kids were foster kids that we adopted and from that, the court tried to come back. Okay, who's going to take care of them now? Are they going to have to go back into the system? So you get lawyer fees adding up very, very quickly. My right. aunt did have life insurance, though some people think it sounds like a really large sum of money. Whenever it breaks down to it, it gets really, really small really quickly. So she had $100,000 in life insurance, and that was supposed to cover a $25,000 complete restoration of the house, a $420,000, dollars house, all of the vehicles, all of the lawyer fees, Everything in closed death taxes. Burial. Nothing that people actually kind of think about whenever they think about whenever death comes. Yeah, because so. really all people think about is what is it going to take to put me in the ground? Exactly. That's what everybody wants to think about. And that's where we kind of start. We offer those things to be able to help people get that. And that's sometimes all people can afford. But it's one of the things that whenever you really want to break it down, it's something I specialize in offices, needs analysis. So I look at everything. I look at, you know, what you're making, what you owe on your house, how old your kids are. 
because people don't realize, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into actually making sure that your kids make it to the minimum 18 years old. Right. That are taken care of. And these were young children that she yeah. left behind. Yeah. A seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 15-year-old. She had the two oldest ones. One was 28, 27 at the time, and the other one was my age, 22 at the time. And so, you know, from that, people don't realize and put those things together that all of a sudden, all of these people are left to carry this large burden. My family is a very, very tight-knit family. And this is something that if you were to write out a thousand different ways that mate was going to go, that is something that you never even think about. No. So whenever that kind of tragedy strikes, it pretty much brought it to so real that truly tomorrow is never promised. Amen. And people really have to get that down and kind of change their perspective from living in a very fast-paced world mm-hmm. to kind of take it slowly, take it step by step. And this situation was a very large perspective changer kind of in my professional career and my personal walk as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just thinking about you were talking about the value of the house, which was, you know, four times what her insurance was. Yeah. Nobody wants to think about dying, okay? But let's face it, we're all leaving here one way or another exactly. at some point in time. That is a guarantee. And especially if you have young children. But I mean, regardless of that, you don't want to leave that kind of a burden on any of your family members. So, you know, if you can sit down with a professional and talk about these things and plan them out in advance, then you can guarantee that, you know, your kids are going to be taken care of. They're going to have a home to live in. Even if you don't have kids, you know, whoever is handling your estate, whether that's going to be your parents or your brothers or sisters or, you know, a really close friend, it takes such a load off of them for you to have, you know, your ducks in a row. Yeah. And again, you're talking about all these little things that I'd never even imagined. And I feel like, okay, I feel like I have, you know, a decent head on my shoulders on those sorts of things yeah. and have done some estate planning and whatnot. But there are a lot of little things that yeah. until you've been through it yeah. or you take the time to sit with a professional, you don't even consider. That's crazy. And a lot of people don't. And I try to tell them. A lot of times, because people always come into a sale or whenever you're trying to help somebody with something, they come in with their guard up. And I very much have to be very personable with these people and say, you know, listen, I'm here. Like, this is specialized to you. This isn't something that's run of the mill. I'm looking at exactly what your needs are. Now, even if your need is this, maybe your affordability is only this. And so people very quickly kind of just want to, well, no, I don't want this or I don't want that. And then you have to very kind of break it down on an emotional sense and in a very real sense. Like one of the ways I remember we had to save money, I personally had to then design my aunt's headstone so that they didn't have to send it off to a designer so that they could get it engraved on the ground. You know, I thank the Lord that I was able to do those kind of things and have the ability to do that and and the skill set. But it's just another small thing that you never even think about. You never think about with all the kids, you never realize how quickly, whenever they're growing, that they're in and out of clothes, all this stuff with school. So now to afford everything, my oldest cousin took custody of them, just recently got married. And so that she's trying to stay at home and take care of the kids. He's trying to afford everything on this one income. Yeah, because immediately they have a family that they didn't plan for. Exactly. You know, he was being methodical. He was taking step by step. And all of a sudden, you have three mouths to feed. You have three people that are depending on you. And yeah, you do have some that comes from the government and stuff like that to help. But if you look at it all inclusive, they were in an apartment. So now they have to go from an apartment to they're still paying. The banks still come at you. The bank was still the month after. There's no waiting. They're saying, okay, pay the house payment or Mm -hmm. sell the house. If you're not going to be living there, where else are you going to go? You have to find an apartment big enough if you're trying to just get into something quick. The market and everything nowadays, (laughs) on the fluctuation of houses, they're almost pretty much gone affordable. Or you can't find them because the inventory is so low. Exactly. And if you find one, you're going to pay the piper for it more than likely. Yeah. 
people just don't think of all these different situations and everything that can happen. And so it's kind of my job to talk about the unfun stuff and to bring up the stuff mm-hmm. that people don't want to talk about to try to bring this out. Now, for my personal self, I have $100,000 in whole life insurance. I have 150000 in turn. But right now, I live at my parents' house. I owe a little bit on my boat that I own, and I owe on my car that I just bought. Other than that, I have nothing else that comes out. Yeah, and you don't have kids and exactly. things like that. And as soon as I do start having kids and everything else, it's very affordable whenever you start young. I know just mm-hmm. from personally looking at it, I can put on a million dollars in turn. You know, from our top rate all the way down for less than $100 a month, just extra added on for 30 years. And that's going to carry for that amount of time for sure that those kids would be inside of my household. Right. If I was passed away, that's going to do everything to pay off the house. That's going to supply a yearly income. That's going to actually get them to 18 years old. If you had a machine printing, let's just say $50,000 a year sitting in your garage, and pretty much you could have insurance on it that if it broke down, it's going to get fixed or... Nothing, if it breaks, it never works again. And that's how life insurance is. That's a good analogy. I like that. In a sense of insurance was never designed to profit off of, but life insurance is. I know a a guy personally, he insured a lady. She was 25 years old. He looked at her and he sells big numbers. He said, I do it one, three, and five million. She chose five million, or she chose three million, actually, at 25 years old. At 29 years old, she was diagnosed terminally ill with cancer. She had a two-year-old husband. They have an accelerated death benefit rider, and so they were able to front her so much of the money because she was already diagnosed terminally ill. So they wrote her a check for $2.4 million. She traveled the world, going well, to every Disney World and Disneyland, taking her kid and everything there with her husband. And when she got back, she passed away a week later. Wow. And that's one of the things, you never even write off somebody that young. You never think that whenever you get into your car on your way home, how much of a risk is that you could just get into a wreck. And everybody thinks, well, that can never happen to me. Yeah, it happens to somebody else, but it doesn't happen to us. That's our mentality for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely something in that perspective switch that, if anything else, I choose to tell people about the Lord because that's the best life of church that they could ever (laughs) do. But sometimes, you know... You have to feel like you left there accomplished. If nobody leaves there with nothing, I really feel worried about those families because I know what it was like for me. Yeah. I mean, trying to help take care of the kids, working full-time, full-time school, it became a lot. And without having to do all that extra working to make all these different ends meet, it would have been so much nicer to say, okay, financially, everything else is taken care of. We can do whatever that we need to in that sense. And let's actually take this time to be able to mourn or heal from this. Yeah, to grieve. Yeah. I think that's why you are so good at what you do, because you have the empathy, because you've lived it. You know, and like you said, people come in and they sit down and they think this is a sales pitch, because that's kind of the mentality we all have. It's that uh, quote unquote car salesman, you know, (laughs) not to throw car salesmen under the bus, because, you know, we know as in everything, not everybody fits the stereotypes. But people have that mentality when they are buying a product, they automatically think, It's a sales mentality on the other end. And I'm sure that there are people out there that are like that. But that's the thing. You have to find somebody who's passionate about what they do and who cares and who is there to take care of their clients, not themselves. And that's the key. And that's the difference. And that's, I think, why you are so good at it and why you are able to really, I don't know what the word is I'm trying to find here, but I guess relate to your clients because... You have walked it. Yeah, because I'm sitting there, I'm looking on the other side of the door because I'm able to see where they're at and everything now and learning more and more that I can about them what it can be. And mm-hmm. uh, don't get me wrong, you know, a lot of people, they look at sales a certain way. And just in the sense about myself that not a lot of people know and that I don't throw out, but just being kind of open and everything here, I came out of college 
as top 10 in the world for sales. That's amazing. So I won Kentucky. I won the Northeastern Conference. I got fifth in the nation at 495. I got 10th in the world at 720 competitors. Well, you should tell people that because that's impressive. Well, it's something that a lot of times they hear and they're, okay, he's a good sales. Well, and but yeah, it's the sense that whenever I came out, I had jobs all across what I said from Germany all the way to Montana. And I had wow. really, really high paying jobs to go into. I chose to stay close to one, be able to pour back into the people that poured into me and took the job specifically with Farm Bureau because they take care of their people. I watched so many different times, even in the sense that when the house was sitting and waiting to be sold during the winter when it got so cold, the pipes burst. Mm. And we're sitting there trying to sell. We had a closing day. Pipes burst, floods the entire bottom floor. Wow. Farm Bureau comes in. We had all that fixed. And I believe the house was sold two months later. I worked for a company that truly cares about their people. And I wanted to make sure that I put my own personal name behind it. And so yeah. I value that a lot. I value whenever somebody hears my name, there's somebody that's easy to talk to. They'll do anything with a drop in the head to take care of me. And so kind of back to the life insurance thing, you know, it, it's Southern Farm Bureau life insurance. We do everything that we can to take care of people. We have the accelerated debt benefit riders like some other companies, but we even have an upfront I believe it's $20,000 with no death certificate. So in that wow. sense, just it's up front, whether that be to help get that person on the ground or whether that be to take care of a couple of lawyer fees, anything that can happen in that situation, there's all of a sudden money there. You don't all of a sudden have hands tied and try to get into debt to take care of somebody. You don't want to leave somebody with those kind of burdens. Well, absolutely. And people don't realize, I mean, you don't get a death certificate overnight. I mean, that weeks, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because it's not a months. situation that was over six months. Yeah, it can take, yeah, exactly. Depending on what the circumstances are, I mean, it can take a long time. Well, six months is a long time. To- you must say whenever you have lawyers saying, okay, you owe me $20,000, okay, the family lawyer, you owe him 30000 yeah. yeah. They run out quickly and, you know, they have a job to do as well. Even though they are empathetic to you, they still have to get paid. Because they still have bills as well, you know, that they have to take care of. And, yeah. and I think the it's a hard situation. I, the biggest way I put life insurance is that it's a responsibility. I believe it's something that everybody that's responsible, making sure that their ducks in a row with everything does. You know, nowadays there's a lot of dual income households. Mm-hmm. And think about if you were to lose one person, yeah, you may be able to live off of that one person's income. But what's going to happen to your standard of living? With life insurance, your standard of living may not have to change. Right. Even with the main breadwinners and everything in the family. I had a guy that was sitting across me that was talking about life insurance. And he's like, well, I don't want to get too much life insurance because she's just going to go ahead and marry somebody as soon as I pass away. <laughs> and, and I laughed there for a second. And I said, you know, it's a funny joke. But think about this in a real sense. If you were to do this now, you don't have to put her in that situation. Why well, have to make her go to marry somebody to, be able to bring that money in that you could already provide like you are now? And he was kind of taken back by that sense because people just don't have the correct mindset towards it. So it's anything that I try to do is to sit down and teach. If there's anything else I do at a meeting or an insurance review, it's to teach somebody about something. You may leave there and not have a product. That's completely fine. You know, I still have that worries and everything about you. I still follow up with all those things, but I care enough to push it and say, you know, if not nothing else, that you've learned something from it. Well, and a teachable moment I'll ask you this question. A lot of people will say, oh, well, I have life insurance at work. <laughs> I actually got to hear that this morning. And the guy told me, he's like, well, I have life insurance and everything through work. And I'm really glad that a lot of people do because there's a portion of people that don't even get anything through work. Mm-hmm. One thing that they have to think about, and rarely that is ever the case, as soon as you leave work, they don't come with you. If you were to get fired, or let's even say that you retire. If you look at the statistics, people passed away at 65. That's way less than people who passed away at 80. If you got $750,000 of life insurance at work, 
you're 65, you retire, you go home and you get terminally ill with cancer or anything else, you're, you're past that point in time to be able to get term insurance. you got to get whole life. You're paying a lot of money a month to try to be taken care of, try to lock it in whenever you're young, and you don't have something that's tangibly yours. And as soon as you leave, it's gone. And so I try to tell people, look at your needs that you have. Okay, you have this much in life insurance at work. Okay, you've been at the work for a long time. We can count this as, let's say, steady. Whenever you leave work or retire, you would then need this much. So let's try to lock that in now. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to upsell them and say, okay, take this much and everything that you have. Let's look at what you would need in the back end. I still try to tell them that, listen, you could get fired at any moment. I was talking to some people, I won't name the company, but they kind of went through their like the Hunger Games and started taking out people left and right. Two of them I knew just had brand new kids. So the thing about that, a wife that's now not at work, she's on maternity leave. And you have a brand new baby. If for some reason, God forbid, that you were to pass away, how in the world is all of that going to be taken care of? Yeah. And what's the mess that that could become? Well, and, you know, our economy is not exactly amazing at this very moment. You know, I mean, think about that. Just, oh, getting laid off of work. And what if you had a car accident on the way home, you know, and all of a sudden, all of these benefits you thought that you've had, you no longer have because you're no longer employed. I think that that's something that people don't consider. And I think that's a really good education moment for sure. Yes, people get used to looking at going, okay, I pay $40 a month at work for all of this coverage and everything else. And then they go to look for their own policies and they're like, you know, this is $100, $120 a month for all this kind of stuff. And that's the point in where just in a kind of a background sense that people don't get to see that's where life insurance companies make their money. The more and more people that they can group into one payment, the more money they can make out because what's the likelihood of these people passing away? Because you have a diversification from 20-year-olds to 60-year-olds. If you're pulling the same amount of money from a 20-year-old as you are a 60-year-old, you know, you're possibly... More balanced in your reality, yeah. And so people don't really kind of add in those things just in the transparent sense. I tell everybody, I pull out my policy at my disc a lot of times I show them. I pay $150 a month of life insurance for what I have. Now, in 20 years, my $100,000 whole life is completely paid up. Yeah, and you'll never have to pay on it again. Yes. And at any point in time, if I needed anything, if I needed to actually pull some of that money out, it's just like a loan. I mean, it's your money that's in there. You can pull it out. You pay it back with a small percent interest. Yeah. Interest to yourself, though. Yes. Interest to yourself. Yeah. I think that's important, especially young people don't really take into consideration. Now, I know that you deal with insurance on the commercial side of things as well. And, you know, a lot of business owners don't even think about this, about, okay, things that like life insurance type policies, key man type insurance, that sort of thing that says, okay, if I pass away, I need a policy that's payable to my company so that the company can still actually function. People don't think about that. Tell us a little bit about that kind of product. So kind of the products that fall in there is key man and buy sell agreements. So with key man, you know, look at somebody, if you have a 10% owner in the company and that person, if they were to pass away, you know, you need to have something for them. It's something that I really like with commercial companies because you got a lot of moving parts and so it is more mm-hmm. fun, but you're also taking care of a larger group. You know, you're taking care of an entity that says something that when you can sell the business owner more and well, that they put a lot of time and effort to build up this company. They yeah. don't. <laughs> they don't want something to see that they put all this time into completely diminished because the funds are no longer there. In the buy-sell agreement, whenever you have business partners, it looks at, you know, if you were to pass away, then it is upon that spouse to then look at, okay, I have to either buy you out of the company or something has to be paid to you. 
Mm-hmm. And, and people don't think about those things. So especially with business partners, we try to put it by sale agreements because if that was to happen, that, that comes directly onto your spouse. And depending on how large the company would be, that could be a large sum. That could be a lot of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people don't think about that or they think about, you know, what's laid up in the bank, you know, all these kind of things. It can get very, 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 very quick. And so we also do fixed annuities. And so a lot of those times for business owners that they may have 401k or they may have some small investments and everything. We have fixed annuities that you're able to just put a large sum of money in or even just single premium whole life insurances. And so it's just like, okay, I have the money now. I want to pay this up. I don't have to worry about it no more. Yeah. Okay, for this annuity, I want this to make me some money like retirement because I'm a 1099, I'm my own business owner. I don't have retirement laid back and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's where you can actually use life insurance, whether it is the whole life with your actual cash value, annuities paying back out to you. That's like a residual income and everything coming back to you that people just caught up front. So we have a lot of products and everything. And that's why I try to put stuff together like a smoothie. Like what in the world can we make best fit for you? you know? I like smoothies. <laughs> yeah. We throw it in like, okay, with a little bit of whole life there, that takes care of your personal family. On this side for everything, you know, here's a buy sell agreement for you and your business partners. You know, say, trust the Lord, you make it to that age and everything else. Now you're looking for a retirement setup. Okay, let's set up an annuity that then is going to pay you out as a retirement. So there's a lot of different things that we're able just to put together and truly tailor. I like to make sure that I tell people every policy is tailored to you and specifically towards you. If you start buying more cars, come back, you know, let's make sure yeah. at any point in time if we need to add things on and stuff. A really cool product we have is just child term riders that we throw on everybody or pretty much everyone. And a child term rider covers any children that you have up to $20,000 until they're 18 years old. So you're paying the same price, whether you have one kid or you got 15 of them. Wow. And, and they're taking care of for that point in time. And, you know, people say, do you feel like it's kind of morbid to set up life insurance on a child? Well, reality is that sometimes children pass away. Let's be honest. Yeah. And if you try to set up life insurance as soon as a baby is born, the least way that ours work, I know other companies are longer. They have to make it to so many days old. Before mm. life insurance can be put on it. You have these child term riders before the baby is even born, they're taken care of. God forbid that baby was passed away. Funerals cost the same, whether it's a baby or whether That's it's right. a grown adult. That's right. And so even though there was no income coming from that child, why would you want to all of a sudden have to lose a brand new baby, have to deal with all of those things, and then try to fork $20,000 out of your pocket to put a baby in the ground to find a plot? to have everything marked and take care of and have a service. And that just makes this thing even worse. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I had a friend who actually dealt with that. I mean, she had a child and it was very early, lived for 20 some days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then devastating, devastating. And then to try to figure out how you're going to bury this little baby. I can say it's a terrible situation yeah. and you don't want to put yourself in that spot. You don't want to have to not only feel the emotional strain on that, to also feel a financial strain. That just makes something feel like it lingers so much longer. Absolutely. I mean, it's bad enough without the financial issues. Yeah. So why add on to it? So what would you say, just advice that you're going to give, regardless of age, okay, for people who just think, well, I don't need insurance. You know, what are the odds that I'm going to need this? And I don't know if I can afford it. And, you know, all the excuses that come about when you're talking to folks about why this is so important. Yep. One of the things that I always say, sometimes I got to be very upfront everything with clients. They're kind of all wishy-washy and backing up. Well, it'll be this kind of stuff. And, well, I can wait a little bit on that. You really kind of got to press on and everything because 
is kind of where it also used that ability and time to be a witness and a light to them. Just mm-hmm. because, in a sense, beside life and truth and everything else, it's the same way. We're trying to draw people to the Lord. It's like, listen, you can pass away on your way home in your vehicle. I trust the Lord that does not happen to you, but you don't understand how real and how often these kind of situations happen. That's on the news every day. Yes. You look at people that just stray shots. You know, somebody could stray shot, they pass away. Even, sadly, the school system and everything right now. People don't realize how applicable these situations can be. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I do try to tell people, not so much for the regardless of age, is do everything you can to start this stuff whenever you're younger. But then it gets in the sense you look at it whenever people are older. I had a guy call me the other day, and he was like, hey, I'm looking to get a life insurance policy to take care of my wife until Social Security will start coming in. And I told him the price, and he was like, you know, that's kind of more than what I thought it was going to be and everything. And I try to tell him, and I'm like, well, if you think about it, the way that statistically they're going to look at, you're older. Mm-hmm. You're at a higher risk of passing away and everything. You know, they're going to want this much money from you above because if you were to pass away at any point in time, they're going to fork out this much money. But think about you're paying this little amount now compared to what's going to be paid out so that your wife's taken care of. So one thing I always try to tell people is everybody feels that buyer's remorse or regret whenever they pay so much money for life insurance. But I've never had a regret or somebody pull back and say, no, thank you, whenever I'm at the door standing there with a check to pay a death benefit. So true. Everybody is so thankful. They feel such of a sigh of relief. And I try to convey those things to them. In some sense, especially whenever you're younger, it's so affordable. Like, come on now. Don't go through Starbucks four times a week. Cut it down to two. And what that can add up could be a life insurance policy. Yeah. When you're done, you get those rates. You're locked in if you have a whole life and things like that, right? You're locked into a lot of those really cheap rates that you're paying. Exactly. I'm locked in at one of the top rates and everything. I thank the Lord for my health. And because of that, you know, even though, like I said, I pay $150 a month, with that 100000 in whole life, that's always there. As soon as it's done and it's paid for, I paid that rate. That rate's never going up on me through that period of time. I don't have a calculator right now to see what that would kind of add up to, but take 150 times 12 times that by 20, it's paid up. And at that point in time, I'm going to have that much or more actual cash value sitting in it. And for some reason, mm-hmm. if I wanted to cash that out, if you think about it from business sense, I just had life insurance for 20 years for free and actually made money on it. Yeah. Well, that's a really good way to explain it to somebody. But I think, you know, it's never too late. Yeah. No matter what age you are, where you're at in life, it's never too late to get your ducks in a row with this. Mm-hmm. But the lesson here is, young people, listen up. Very Go very meet with Josh and get your ducks in a row while it's cheap because you're young and healthy. Mm-hmm. Especially business owners as well. With all those moving parts, people don't realize how much that they can get caught up in this quick sense. And so... Yeah. And not even just like you were saying, like your spouse having to deal with the business into things and all that when you're gone. As a business owner, you have the life and livelihood of a lot of employees in your hands. So you have to think about them as well. You need to make sure that things are still going to function and move and those people can still get paid. Exactly. Because it's not just your family. It's a lot of families. So that's important. That's where... When that burden can be so large and everything, that I should encourage people to sit down and speak with me. And, you know, I can also bring in a full estate planner. 
he can look at everything that you have and look at you know, set up a trust or a will and everything. You know, if those things need to be in place, what all needs to be taken care of, and me and him can sit there and back and forth and tag team to make sure something's tailor specific. Because whenever you have mouths that are depending on you, whenever you have people that you've been with for so long that, that care about you, they love your business, they're invested in it almost as much as you are, you want to make sure that those people are taken care of and that they can continue on if, God forbid, you are not able to. Amen. Well, Josh, I just want to thank you for being a guest today. This has been so informative for me, and I'm sure for the audience as well. And I just appreciate your time. I'm going to tell the audience, obviously, if you haven't figured it out by now, you need to contact Josh. We're going to put all of his contact information in the podcast description so that you have no excuse as to being able to find out where to get a hold of him at. And thank you again for joining us, Josh. And thanks for the audience for joining us again on another episode of Spilling the Title Tea, where we talk a little about business and a lot about life. That's all the tea we have for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spilling the Title Tea and visit us online for more valuable resources at springdaletitle.com. Spilling the Title.